Hey, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here once again in the very informal garage office here at my home. We're welcoming Charlotte Wager Miller. Charlotte, thanks for being on Big Talk. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. She might be a fairly typical recent college graduate. And this week, what we want to do is take a look at how these twin crises, both COVID-19 and a potential resultant economic depression, are affecting or may affect this year's college graduates. You might have heard her voice a million times here on WFHB. She's a WFHB DJ. She has hosted Local Live. She has served as an anchor for the Daily Local News. Charlotte and her family came from Seattle about 13 years ago. They moved here uh, to Bloomington so her father could take a job as a research scientist in a laboratory in the Department of Psychological and Brain Sciences. Yeah. She spent several weeks in Uganda in the summer of 2019. She was working for an organization called Firefly Uganda. And then last fall, she helped register students to vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not only that, geez, I don't know, you did so much. You did more in your young life than I've done in my entire life. She was a member of the Indiana University Marching 100. So she's not really typical, but the problems she's going to face are being faced by hundreds of thousands of college graduates all over the country this year. That's right. How cognizant are you, Charlotte, of that? It hasn't necessarily screwed up my life in a big way. I actually, um, I'm, I'm still here in Bloomington because I'm a, you know, a long-term Bloomington resident, so I've been staying at my, like, college rental. I think I um, realize how much it has changed my life just here and there, you know? Like, it comes in waves. For instance, with graduation having been postponed, so they say, that was supposed to be on Saturday, and I, I that hadn't really registered to me that we weren't going to get to do that in person until the day of, and... Um, About a year ago, your older brother graduated from Indiana University. Yeah. And he went through all the pomp and circumstance, I assume. Definitely, yeah. You saw it all. Did you, the, at that time, start thinking to yourself, uh, oh, wow, that's going to be me in a year? Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, it's a, like, it's a huge deal. To be completely honest, with everything having been online for the last couple of uh, months, uh, in school, it doesn't feel like the type of closure that I really was hoping for or expected. It really doesn't feel like um, graduating college, this big giant moment it's supposed to be. It doesn't, it doesn't really feel like that. But yeah, having seen Harrison, and I also have an older brother, Tom, uh, both graduating from IU, I was excited for the big ceremony. I've actually been playing uh, pomp and circumstance to myself on various instruments in my bedroom, <laughs> which sounds very sad, but I promise you it's not. <laughs> Alone in your apartment? Yes. <laughs> Why are we laughing at this? We should I cry. I know. It is kind of sad. Now, but, now, uh, you alluded to the fact that you were doing classes online. Yes. Okay. How did that work? So it was actually in the Zoom, the Zoom format. Um, 
we all come on right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have a little bit of practice already with Zoom. But, um, you know, it was a huge learning curve, actually. I had never, I don't think, been on a video call with more than one person before. Um, and my internet actually is pretty unstable. So a lot of times in my classes, depending on how many people were in them, I would be like kicked off the, the video call several times. Having like class discussions was also kind of weird because it's a lot more of like talking over people and people are lagging and stuff. So pretty weird. Did you feel as though your learning experience was adversely affected by having to do it online? Yeah. Did you absolutely. learn as much as you did the previous semesters? No, I don't think so. Um, people talk have been talking a lot about like the Zoom fatigue and how uh, having classes all day online has been much more tiring and much more draining for people. So I think that was part of it like just not taking in the same amount of information that we would have in person. You know, um, I never thought of that, Charlotte. Yeah. You've got to sit in that seat right there in that room yeah. all day long. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that coupled with the fact that like now our bedrooms, right, our, our, our homes, which are supposed to be kind of our places of relaxation and our refuge, you know, that's where our class is happening now. So there's some dissonance there as well with like my bed being five feet away, but I'm supposed to be in class. You know what I mean? Right. There's no escape. Exactly. Exactly. It's like everything is happening in this one little room and that's, that feels very bizarre. <laughs> when you went into college, and that was four years ago, did you envision what the immediate weeks and months after graduation would be like when you did that? Well, um, I guess looking back, I, I can't specifically remember, but um, I certainly did kind of imagining, you know, I've, I've been in school for so long, so it was very hard to imagine kind of what my life would look like without being a student. I don't know. Through my college experience, I never really had like solid like, this is what I want to do after school. Um, but uh, this is definitely not what I imagine the world would look like as a recent grad. Now, a year ago, you were just about ready to head out to Africa. Yes. To do your work, once again, for Firefly Uganda. Yes. You wouldn't be able to do that this year. Yeah, that's right. Like, any sort of travel plans that I would have had for like big graduation yay we did it that would have been dashed as well you know I, I had like talked with friends about going on road trips and stuff so i don't think that's going to happen now <laughs> no right <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this yeah. firefly uganda thing what is it well actually the, the the reason i went was for a school internship for my certificate program which is political and civic engagement Firefly Uganda, I actually, I found it online. It's an NGO um, in Uganda, and it's basically like sustainable, sustainable construction and sustainable infrastructure systems, as well as um, teaching English and teaching swimming. It's, it's, it's a very uh, multifaceted organization, but basically it, uh, it's located in the Sesi Islands, which is a like an extremely neglected area of the country. It's on an island. Yeah, so it's an island chain in, okay. in 
Lake Victoria. Yeah. So, so that oh, yeah. island chain is historically very neglected by the government. So it doesn't receive government resources. And basically what Firefly does, it kind of helps to supplement uh, development on the island chain on one specific island called Bugaba. So they'll help supplement with uh, like building new buildings or um, teaching kids how to swim or like teaching English. Uh, are there roads? Is there sewerage? On the island where I was, no. There's only like walking paths and, um, you know, no running water. So to get any water, like you have to lug a giant tub up from the lake and then boil it. So well, I mean, how did you how did you teach these kids? What is the language that's spoken in Uganda? Well, there's many different like regional dialects, uh, but where I was. It's called Luganda, which is basically Uganda with an L in front of it, Luganda. Yeah, so that's what that's what they spoke. But then most most people spoke English pretty pretty well. Pretty well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do people make a living out there? A lot of it is a uh like an informal economy. A lot of it is just like buying and selling of goods um from like your own home. Um, so barter or uh bartering is part of it, but it's a lot of times people will like have a like have a shop in their um like or, or, or like a little convenience store like in their yard or in their house and that's how they'll make money yeah a lot of it is 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 uh what i would say or i, I would call like an informal informal economy as you say you didn't have any hard and fast any concrete idea about exactly what you were going to do once you got out of college but yet you're involved in civic and political engagement doing stuff like this. Was yeah. there an idea for the future? Yeah, definitely. So what my kind of vision was going there was um, I know that I, you know, I've toyed with the idea of working in the nonprofit world for a long time. And I think that would be kind of a, a reasonable, a reasonable approach for me to take. So um with going to Uganda, what I really was trying to see was like a different cultural perspective. Um, I, I really was thinking last year that I would like to work in some sort of like community development nonprofit. What I was going for with going there was just seeing that from a different perspective and what, um, you know, what like different community needs are and how they work in, in a completely different part of the world. And again, you have been involved with music for mm-hmm. as long as I've ever known you, mm-hmm. uh, which is, gee, I'll bet I know you about 10 years. You were you were a young punk kid when I first mm-hmm. met you. Ooh, yes, <laughs> an angsty teen. <laughs> you were with the Marching 100. What is the Marching 100? It's IU's marching band, and we play at all the football games for halftime shows and pregame, and we play in the stands. Hopefully, we'll have uh, an audio clip from yeah. the Marching 100. What did you play? The clarinet. So I've been playing the clarinet for, I don't know, how, how old am I? For um, 12 years, 12 years. <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing an old man like me is supposed <laughs> I know, to say. I'm, not, I'm only 21. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, you were quite the musician and the marcher in high school as well. Yep, yep. So I did marching band from um, eighth grade at Bloomington North 
all the way through high school and then kept going in college. Yeah. So it's been like a giant part of my life. So you've been wearing those kind of uniforms on the hot field (laughs) for for eight or nine years. Yeah. But what's really funny about those uniforms is that they're very hot when it's hot, but they're like, they don't keep you warm at all. Oh, no. So you're always either like boiling or freezing in a marching uniform. Is there a thought that you'd ever get into music as a living? Yeah, certainly. I um I thought about that, or I've toyed with that here and there for several years. And I was actually thinking just recently how cool it would have been if I had been a music major. But I always come back to, like, you know, it's it's my passion as a an activity that I do, but I don't think it would be my passion as, like, a profession, if that makes sense. I definitely want to keep playing clarinet in, in a, whatever way I can, but I don't, I don't think that looks like a career for me. <laughs> One of the interesting things about these crises, a lot of live music venues around the whole country yeah. are in danger of closing. Yeah, definitely. How is anybody going to make a living how are you going to make a living in oh, anything? Oh, I have no idea. That's been the big question for the last couple of months. I always just figured I would like figure it out after I graduated. I'd be like, oh, I'll have a college degree. Uh, the world will be my oyster, right? And then now <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> there are far fewer options, it seems like, now. What's your mindset at this point? Is there optimism? Is there pessimism? You seem a pretty optimistic and upbeat person, yet reality has a way of intruding. That's exactly right. I, um, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. I, um, right now, I'm kind of just taking this time to enjoy having graduated. I actually got a part-time job at Big Red. <laughs> and Big Red, they're not letting people into the store, right? No, they're not. It's just it's just a curbside pickup. And how does that work? It depends on the store. The one where I'm working, I'm working at the one by the big Kroger on the east side. It's just walk up and you tell us what you'd like, or you can order online. They put an order in with you, and then you just go find it on the shelves, ring it up for them, and bring it out to their car. So basically, you're working outdoors. Basically, it's actually been really fun, because... Uh, when I first started at Big Red, we were, we were letting people in. So I was just like staying in the store all day. But it's been nice to be able to like run around outside and get some exercise and be outside. Would you consider grad school? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, my thoughts about grad school, I think I'll definitely pursue a master's degree. Or I don't think that I would necessarily succeed in going back to school right now, seeing as I still haven't really found out what that kind of specialized field would be for me. Like I have a very general degree in liberal studies. So I think what my plan of attack right now is, is to take a couple of years, uh, figure out what my world and the world look like in the near future, kind of get a sense of what I'd like to pursue as a career and then go back and get a master's degree maybe in four years. This answer that you've just given sounds like an answer that any recent college graduate (laughs) could have given in any year, 
even without COVID-19 or a potential depression. Yeah. A lot of the same questions that everybody has had to face are what you're facing. Definitely. And that's just like, you know, that's part of like being, being in this moment in my own life, you know, there's going to be some universal things, even with this crazy thing that's happening in the world. Like there's definitely going to be a universal experience with college graduates. And I think for a lot of us, the weight of what's happening hasn't really set in for what it means for our near future. Is there a sense of anger or resentment that you might have over the particular details of what's happening now? It's funny because obviously, like, well, I definitely, like, like a lot of people, think that the situation could have been handled a lot better. I also think that for any moment in time, this situation would be, you know, a catastrophe in some sense of the word. But just like, yeah, well, seeing how the administration is handling it or not handling it, Are you talking about the the federal government or the state government? The Trump administration. Okay. Information was grossly mishandled at the beginning and how that has affected everyone, how that has like made, made this kind of balloon into what it is. Who knows what would have happened if things were, were different, but it just seems like there was so little effort at the beginning that things got really out of hand. I would assume that a lot of people your age and recent college graduates think along those lines. I wonder if a lot of people will be inspired to get into the political world. You know, I think so. And that's definitely something that we saw with college graduates in 2016, after the 2016, or, or not college graduates, college students in 2016. A lot of my friends actually switched to political science after the 2016 election. Oh. Um, so I can imagine that, like, this is a giant galvanizing thing for a lot of young people. Hey, I was thinking that maybe uh, we could give the listeners just a little bit of a history lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, it was 102 years ago that uh, the big global flu epidemic hit as a matter of fact, Bloomington, Indiana. Now, that flu epidemic uh, began in the spring of 1918. It really hit the Midwest in about the fall of 1918. Uh, Did you know what the name of the Indiana football team was? It wasn't the Hoosiers, apparently. Was it something to do with bison? No, what I found, (laughs) I think, is it was the Crimson Eleven. Crimson Eleven. Was the football team? I think so. That's what I see in the newspaper reports. Oh, wow. Well, in any case, uh, they were playing uh, football, and uh, they had played their first game on uh, about October 5th. And then the week after that, the State Department of Health uh, ordered Indiana University to stop playing football. Hmm. And by October 16th, there were 174 IU students in the hospital. Oh, wow. They had, they had transformed 
the old assembly hall, not the one that was built in the 70s, mm-hmm. the old assembly hall was converted into a makeshift hospital. Oh, wow. The football team was missing a lot of players because at the time, the War Department, which we now call the Defense Department, mm-hmm. the War Department advised universities to put their most athletic and best fit students through a like a informal military training oh wow waste time on playing games yeah march and carry rifles very interesting so we've been through this before yeah and it's funny to like see the comparison and things that we're doing like exactly the same as we did a hundred years ago have you seen the pictures of people with masks on Yes. Yeah, from yeah. from the Spanish flu. Yeah. There's one that I saw. Um, I'm sure you've seen it, but it's like a whole family outside their house, and even their little cat has a mask on. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. You've, <laughs> right. you've got cat and dog at home, don't you? Yep, not at the house where I am now, but at my parents' house, yeah. Are they masking their critters? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say right here and now, that I highly doubt that there's anybody left who experienced the 1918 flu epidemic. Boy, that would make them about a, to, to have remembered that would have made them about 110 years old. Yeah. So let's just say nobody's left. Let's just say, yeah. And if there is anybody left, I'm sure someone's going to correct us somehow <laughs> via email or telephone <laughs> call, yeah. what have you. Charlotte, what does the future hold? What's going to happen next? What are you going to do? I, um, I'm going to take this summer, I think, to do a lot of research into things that career paths that might seem fulfilling to me. I am not sure if I'm going to stay in Bloomington in the fall, but we'll see. My partner actually got into grad school in New York City. Wow. But we're figuring that might not be a uh, a smart move to move out to New York City in August. Right. Um, so we might move to uh, Columbus because his dad has a house out there. So we'll see about that. I hope to, in the next couple of years, again, figure out something that, figure out some sort of job situation that would seem fulfilling. I hope to keep learning a lot. I hope to start reading again uh, for, <laughs> for uh, things that are not just for class. Just for fun. <laughs> just for fun, yep. Uh, journaling and doing artwork. I can't really say, honestly, because the future, look, it, it just, you know, in any moment, the future is uncertain. But now especially, right? Nobody knows what's going to happen in three months. Or- Charlotte, to iterate... It sounds like you have the same concerns anybody else has had who's graduated from college mm-hmm. in any year past, but times five or ten yeah. because of these two swords of Damocles hanging over everybody's head. Yeah. Well, like, like, like I was saying, though, but a lot of us, I don't think, really understand the full weight of it, and we won't until next fall, you know, right. uh, the full weight of what it looks like for our future. But I have to imagine that the class of 2020 will 
feel more unified by this like things like this have happened you know things like the great the great recession right like what did, yeah this is probably what the class of 2008 felt like maybe to a larger extent because there's also a global pandemic happening but yeah. <laughs> um or you know people being drafted for vietnam you know there have always been these big or there have there have been these big things that limit the scope of possibility for graduating classes in the past and i have to imagine that for us it'll make us more resilient and more creative and possibly more imaginative with what our careers will look like she's not a typical college graduate she just graduated in 2020 charlotte wager miller does face the challenges that hundreds of thousands of this year's college graduates are facing. Charlotte, thank you so much for being on Big Talk. Oh, of course. Thanks again for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, please join in singing one of the great college songs of all time. Hail to old IU.